Peace and blessings. This is Muslims for Peace podcast. You have tuned into Muslims for Peace podcast. Please subscribe to our channel. We continue our journey into examining the personal qualities and characteristics of Rasulullah and the Prophet is a role model for us. The Holy Quran commands us to take him as a role model. لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ There is a beautiful exemplar in the Prophet for you. So when we come to know his personal qualities, we are commanded by our Creator to emulate these qualities, to live by these qualities as much as we can. For one of the most important reasons why the Prophet was sent is to teach us these moral qualities and these ethical standards. So in the past we've examined a number of qualities about the akhlaq, the personal characteristics and manners of the Prophet In our discussion tonight, we will discuss the quality of shura in the Prophet Shura means consultation, the Prophet's quality of consulting those around him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states in chapter 3, Surah Ali Imran, verse 159, in describing the Prophet, Allah highlights some of his most important qualities. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. فَبِمَا رَحْمَةٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ لِنْتَ لَهُمْ It's from the mercy of God that you, Ya Rasulullah, you were soft and gentle with your people. They were rough, but you were gentle with them. That's from Allah's mercy because the Prophet could have been tough with them. But what would have happened if he had been tough? But if you would have been tough, aggressive with them, they would not have followed you. They would have abandoned you. It's through your akhlaq and leniency and gentleness that you attracted them. Forgive them, ask Allah to forgive them. Consult them in the affair, meaning in everything. فَإِذَا عَزَمْتَ Then if you want to do something, فَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ الْمُتَوَكِّلِينَ Consult, once you've consulted them and you've come up with a decision, have tawakkul on Allah and don't fear anything. Leave the rest with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So here is a direct Qur'anic command to the Prophet that you must consult others. So the Prophet always consulted his companions. But let's mention one very important point before we see examples of his shura and consultation. There is no doubt from the Quran and from our hadiths that the Prophet's intellect was the fullest intellect and he did not need to consult anyone. In fact, the Prophet's intellect was so high such that one hadith, States, ما كلم أحداً بكنه عقله قط. The Prophet's level of intellect was so high, he never spoke at his full level of intellect with anyone. Because people don't have that capacity. It's like you're speaking to a little child, a three-year-old child. You ha can you speak to them like you're a full-grown adult? speaking philosophical ideas as a professor? Impossible. What is the child going to understand? 
You have to bring down your level and bring down your level and bring down your level so the child understands you. We human beings, we're like little kids before Rasulullah His intellect is so high, he never spoke according to his level. Impossible. Because had he done so, we couldn't relate to him. It's too much for us. Sometimes if you give a person too much wisdom and they're not ready for it, they get confused, they get pushed away. But God is telling him to consult, like us consulting a three-year-old. Is the quality of a leader? Is it yes, we'll, we'll, we'll see why. So when Allah commands the Prophet to consult, don't think that the Prophet is consulting so he can make a decision so he can have a better understanding of what's going on because he needs the consultation. No, the Prophet's intellect is at the highest of the high. So when he consults us, consults us not because he needs our consultation, he has the full intellect. There's another reason. By the way, there is one hadith that states Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Imagine all the aql, all the intellect that he distributed amongst his creation. Just imagine you having the intellect, Allah gave that from you. You want to know how much aql and intellect Allah gave to the Prophet? Imagine the, this world. How many grains of sand are there in this world? Just throw a number at me. 700 trillion. The Prophet's intellect compared to our intellect is 699.99999 trillion. All the sand grains out there and all the aql we humans have is one grain out of all of that. Can you imagine? Can you just fathom this? All the intellect we've ever achieved is one grain on earth. All the other grains are Rasulullah's aql. That's if you wanted to figuratively see how God gave him the intellect and gave us the intellect. So our intellect combined compared to his intellect is not 1%. It's not 0.000. I don't know, put how many zeros? 0.0001% of his intellect. We're dealing with a prophet of this caliber. Just by the way, just the fact that Rasulullah had to live with us was his test. Imagine having that level of intellect and then you live with this society. Exactly. Now you know Rasulullah. See, sometimes we think the Prophet is exceptional. He had to deal with these, you know, uh, ignorant people. Look. It's not even that, it's not even that. We're talking about a different whole new level of the Prophet's patience. You know how much patience you have to have? It's like somebody tells you live 70 years with ants and make a government with them and teach them and lead them and speak to them. You'll go crazy, you'll go nuts. <laughs> you'll go nuts. With the Prophet, it's, it's more than that. Believe me, I'm not exaggerating. This is a hadith that if Allah divided all the intellect in the universe, you all people combined have 
combined to have one grain of that intellect, one grain. And all the other grains of sand, if you wanted to quantify it, that's Rasulullah. So it's not like 1% versus 99, no, it's 0.0000000001 versus 99.9999999. That's what we're dealing with. How do you live with people like that? And that's why, and that's why my dear brothers and sisters, there is a striking hadith. If you, if you think of this hadith, you can go out for months just crying, just thinking about the depths of this hadith. In one hadith attributed to Imam al-Mahdi in which he's addressing his followers. Remember, he's not even addressing like the, 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 the unbelievers. No, 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 his followers. The Imam salam, first of all, he states, oh, let me just get to this part so I don't you know, take too long in this discussion. The Imam states, sometimes we think maybe the Imams need us. We're their supporters, yeah, they need supporters. Sometimes we may get that impression or that we're really something by following our Imams. The Imam says in this passage, if it's not for our love and compassion and affection for you, my followers, we're too busy to even talk to you. We're too busy to even address you. Now the Imam is saying this with humbleness, don't misunderstand the hadith. Imagine the Ahlul Bayt with the full intellect and they see the glory of God. And they have this position in the universe. They know guidance, they see the light of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They're so captivated by the light of Allah that the Imam says, look, if it's not for our rahmah, we're so busy with God's glory and with God's light and our intellect, we don't even have time to talk to you. Do you even have time in your life to waste with ants? Going back to that example. Like seriously, I have my life, I have my goal, I have my mission. What am I doing spending time with ants? But it's because we love you. We the Ahlul Bayt, we love you. Otherwise, we're busy, we're busy. If we gave you time, if we put up with you, it's not because we need you, it's because of your goodness, it's because we want you to be guided. Even addressing you, addressing you is like a waste of time for us. What are we doing addressing you when we're at that level of intellect and you guys are here? but we love you, we care about you, it's okay. When you look at the life of the Prophet, don't forget this point brothers and sisters. You know sometimes we think, oh this pagan came and he insulted the Prophet. Okay it hurts, somebody says, okay what's the big deal? I know people here on earth, they get slandered and they take the highway, they take the better way. What's so special about the Prophet? I've known people, they've been cussed at and they've been patient and they've not responded. Look, it's not just that, the fact that the Prophet is just spending time on earth with people when his level of intellect is 99.9999 and their level of intellect is there, that in itself is his biggest test. You need patience for that, patience for that, but they showed patience.
Allah, the first thing Allah created was the light of the Prophet. Remember that. This whole universe, before Allah created the Prophet in soul form, in soulment, the Prophet was in light form, pure light form. Then Allah brought him down to the world of souls. Then Allah brought him down to the physical world, just for me and you, so He's a guide for us. Now imagine being taken away from that world of pure lights, having to be in this physical earth. That's tough. That's, that's, that, that's, it, it's not describable. It's not describable. So think of that as we are examining the Prophet consulting his companions. So he's not consulting them because he wants to learn something from them. What are they going to teach him when he is at that level? So there's another reason. Now both Sunni and Shia, they agree that the Prophet would consult his companions. Here's one hadith from Abu Huraira, just to also share with you some Sunni sources about this. Ahmad and Shafi'i both have narrated this, Ahmad ibn Hanbal and Shafi'i. Abu Huraira states, ما رأيت أحدا قط كان أكثر مشورة لأصحابه من رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله. I've never seen a person who would consult his companion so much like the Prophet I've just never seen that in my life. Somebody consulting his people as much as the Prophet would consult them. Now why does the Prophet do that? Remember the Prophet is a role model. The Prophet's teaching us that in all your dimensions of life, consult, make this a guiding principle. And the only way for him to teach us that is to consult himself. So no one gets the impression that I'm too good to consult. Have you seen that attitude? Somebody's read a few books, he's got some experience here and there. Even some of them, maybe they've read religious books. I don't need to consult anybody, I know exactly what I'm doing. Who told you you know exactly what you're doing? The Rasul would consult. You're too good to consult, who do you think you are? That's the lesson that the Prophet is leaving us with. Consult, consult, consult. Inshallah, you're the biggest genius. Inshallah, you're the most knowledgeable person in your family, in your society. Consult. So that's one reason why the Prophet would consult. And so we have to consult, my dear brothers and sisters, in all matters. Even if you've, um, you know, made up your mind about a family situation, a business situation, a social situation, a political situation, right? Before we started class, we were talking about the elections and the voting and the political process and the, uh, you know, the, 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 the parties involved, right? We were talking about that. Well, one thing that I don't really see in the community is the spirit of consulting. Okay, let's say before elections, consult, ask. How many people in the community actually ask experts? People who know the political system, people who know the community, community leaders, scholars in the community. How many people actually came up to them and consulted them based on your understanding of Islam and Islamic values, right? What do we do? One party supports, you know, certain immoral lifestyles, right? Maybe abortion. Another party maybe is more Islamophobic, US foreign policy, domestic policy, all these combined. You as scholars, you as experts, what do you say? 
We don't have that spirit of consultation. So the Prophet makes it very clear that you must consult. And the Imams of Ahlul Bayt, they would also consult and when sometimes they would be rebuked, they would cite the Prophet Here's one hadith, a man by the name of Muammar ibn Khallad, he says, I went to visit Al-Imam al-Rida salam. Al-Imam al-Rida had a servant, a trustworthy servant. His name was Sa'd and he would help the Imam in some matters. Now that servant passed away. So Al-Imam al-Rida tells Muammar, this man who came to visit the Imam, consulting him, Ashr alayya birajulin lahu fadlun wa amana. My servant who was trustworthy died, so I want to find another servant. Give, I'm consulting you, give me your thoughts. Do you recommend someone? This man, Muammar, was shocked. He basically looked at Al-Imam Rida and he told him, you are an infallible Imam and you have this position and even politically uh, you are you know, the basically apparent successor of Al-Ma'moon. So political status, you have it. Religious status, you have it. And you are asking me for a consultation. You're asking for my opinion. He rebuked the Imam. He's like, where am I? Where are you? Why are you consulting me? The Imam السلام, became angry with him. He told him, إِنَّ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَلَكَانَ يَسْتَشِيرُ أَصْحَابَهِ ثُمَّ يَعْزِمْ عَلَى مَا يُرِيدُ The Prophet would consult his companions, then he'd do what he wanted to do. I'm following my grandfather. Don't be shocked if I'm consulting you. It's okay. We as leaders, we consult.